welcome back to the Age of Geek podcast. We're doing our part two of The Last of Us two fun TV guy, show. Recap. How the fungus two got fun her guy, groove back. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be this episode's name, Robert. It's just so good. Too too fungus, too furious, right? Too fungi, too furious. If you guys didn't notice, our last episode on the first five episodes was uh, Fungus Among Us. Because I was reading an article and it called the first episode that. And I'm like, is this real? It's not. It's not real. But now it's our real episode. Oh my goodness. So go us. But yes, we are back this week to talk more about the show because we just couldn't stop talking last week and it was long and we still have like half the show to cover. So Marley is back. That's me. Steph. Colin. Robert. Hey, look, we did it in the circle again. Hey. Like the, <laughs> the opposite way. Clockwise. And somehow it put us in the exact same circle. Did you do that on purpose, Colin? I didn't actually spooky i know that's really wow it was meant to be oh it's the fungus among us i think it's because steph always comes in last and it always puts steph right up in that that area right there it's because she's always late (laughs) i have not much to say about that Oh, goodness. Well, we left off after talking about episode five, which was like the whole Kansas City, Henry and Sam, Sam story arc. Um, So now we're getting into episode six, which is the uh, is that one called? What is that one called? It's the one where they're in Jackson and it's called Kin. My husband moved my cheat sheet of characters. Now he made you a cheat sheet? Or no, did I made it. Oh. <laughs> and now I will be calling everyone the wrong name. Really impressed for a minute there. No. I mean, not. I just I just have Wikipedia up open in the next tab. <laughs> so does episode episode six opens up with the indigenous couple, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. What's what? that woman's name? What are their because I would do you not have it? I... No, I don't have the cheat sheet up. Oh, I thought you found it. No, because I would die for her. She's was just such a lovely, like you made them soup. Um, I love the fact that she tells a story, and Ellie's like, "Is it supposed to be scary?" She's like, "It scared him." <laughs> and the the husband comes back, and he's just like, "Why would you do this?" And she's just like, "You don't tell me what to do." <laughs> Not here. Let me see if I can find the names. Maybe, maybe not. We'll keep going. I don't know. I can't find it fast enough. Maybe someone else will be more skillful. See, if I had my damn cheat sheet. But yeah, I thought this this was a really interesting uh, way to open up this episode and this this next story arc. Because these two characters were brand new to the show. They definitely were not in the game. And even getting to Jackson itself never happened. They got to the water slash power plant outside of Jackson that that helps um, create their energy and power that they need back at the city. So yeah, Robert, this was like a really cool thing that I'm sure um, you had no idea how special it was that we got to actually go into Jackson and see that city and how it's thriving because you don't see Jackson 
until um, the Last of Us Part 2 video game. Um, You start off in Jackson. um, Spoilers alerts. See, you you make it back. Oh, no. We lost to Marley. She's been absorbed by the Borg. Yeah, she has. (laughs) Um, And the names are Marlin and Florence. She's the... She's the hero of Last of Us. Marley's back. Marley's back. Jinx. Hey, welcome back. You probably explained a whole bunch of stuff before, but we didn't. I where did I it, where did so I leave off? Where did I where did I cut off? Part uh, two begins in Jackson. Okay, um, you didn't miss much. Spoiler alert. That's yeah. where you stopped. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, at the very end of the, the the TV show, you see Ellie and Joel make it back to Jackson. They're outside overlooking Jackson. So you already know that they make it back there. But anyway, so it's it's Jackson Hole, Wyoming and not uh, Jacksonville in Florida. Just want to clarify that the snow isn't from Florida. I don't think it's actually Jackson Hole, is it? Is it? I thought it was just Jackson. I thought it was like a new settlement that they made. Yeah, it's just Jackson. But they're in Wyoming. They are in Wyoming. You're not wrong. Jackson, Wyoming. But anyways, Fine. so Fine. it's but it, still this, not Florida. No, this episode did play out a little bit different, but I really like the changes that they made because it just some of it just wasn't necessary in the game. Um, of course, you know it's it's going to be different, but it was it was still fun to meet this um, this couple. Did did anyone find the names of them yet? Yeah, the characters and, and Florence and Marlin. Okay, perfect. Um, so it was fun to like meet them, even though it was very brief, but it was just kind of like a fun like stepping stone and for a way to kind of get us to the next area. I, I love how they were just like, what are you talking about? We've been here since forever. We, <laughs> we haven't moved around or anything. They were just adding levity to... Uh, the darkness. <laughs> so and they also added, added a very grounded nature as well, because they were just like, you know, you could see that they were hunters or that Marlon was hunting and, you know, had the rabbits out on the hanging outside the um, cabin and Florence was just fixing soup in the kitchen and they're just hanging out. And then, you know, Joel and Ellie just burst onto the scene. I know. I thought that was a really cool reveal. So instead of like seeing Joel and Ellie make it to that cabin, we just saw Marlon and Florence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Marlon and Florence do kind of doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, like, so yeah, Marlon comes back and then he's Surprise. like, we're not, you're there. Someone's here. Isn't there, you know? And so you're like, Oh, Joel and Ellie made it. <laughs> which, which if it you think about it, makes an interesting juxtaposition against the Bill and Frank episode where, we get that, and then we see Joel and Ellie coming into their town or their little suburban area, as opposed to they're just here already and they're just starting off. Yeah. And we catch Florence's, I was going to say reaction, but her complete lack of reaction. Just like, <laughs> yeah, this is just what happens. And Marlon's like, oh, there's there's somebody here. And the fact that they were so nonchalant about it was just kind of, was something that caught me as strange. It's like, so two strangers just show up in your house. You're just like, cool. Here's like it happens soup. every other week. <laughs> Today ending in Y. We're good. Yep. Just your it's... average day out here in 
the freezing. In the middle of nowhere. Wyoming. <laughs> I know. It makes you wonder if there's been very many visitors before. Or did they just totally sidestep that area completely and, and Florence and Marlin kind of go unnoticed? That's interesting, especially since we have so many people looking for just shelter or food. And we've seen in the urban areas where they have ransacked everything possible that wasn't hidden away like Joel's stash in the convenience store. But, you know, here they're just, okay, yeah, we, we go and hunt rabbits and, you know, we get water from the river down here. And it's just life is just great on the farm. And P.S. there's a bunch of dead bodies by the river. It's fine. Uh, it's yeah, thing. the river of death. Which is actually kind of funny because I have a friend who's who lives in um, Alberta. He says, "Yeah, my drinking water comes from that river." So see, hearing it referred to as the River of Death <laughs> is really kind of funny. Oh my That's gosh! Great. It makes you double like you know think twice about like uh, <laughs> should I drink this or not? Um, they start their journey to Jackson, the settlement. Yes, and they but the thing is though, like they don't they still don't know where they're going. They just know that there's some hostile people. And so they're on the lookout. They're trying to be careful. And sure enough, some people find them and basically make them, well, they test to make sure they're not infected by bringing like a dog to sniff them. I knew that Ellie was going to be okay, but watching that dog sniff Ellie, I was like holding my breath. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, totally. Not knowing. I'm just like, well, the jig is up. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> that German Shepherd's gonna rip her to pieces. Right. Oh yeah. Well, and they that was that was also a little bit different too from the game. So there was a lot of aspects of this episode that you're like, what are they gonna do here? Like we we didn't know what was going to happen. So yes, we find out that they're actually friendlies, but they have to act hostile to newcomers because you kind of have to be in an apocalyptic world. You have to be wary. That's like something that I don't think I've ever considered, I mean, until like apocalyptic stories started becoming more and more popular because you think that you'd want to band together and create community, which you do in the long run, but you also have to be so weary of the people that surround you, which we will continue to talk about in episode eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like pretty much the entire premise of the walking dead series, by the way. It is. And it, it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how they handle this differently. Because Walking Dead was just like, you know, you have something and people just show up. Um, and your first instinct is, so we're going to kill you. And here it's like, we need to check you. We don't trust you, but the dog says you're okay. So you must not be all bad. We'll let you into the little secret community. And, you know, I'm surprised it wasn't like, you know, an old Batman episode where they got a knock them out and then take them to a secret location. And then like you wake up in the town. <laughs> right. Well, and that's because Joel said the magic word. Ah, Tommy. He said, Tommy. And it he could was have been talking very... about the white Ranger. <laughs> it was very convenient that Maria was one of the people on that scouting Posse. patrol, patrol, whatever. Yeah. And she, we find is married to Tommy, who is Joel's brother. And so that's, that was definitely, how she got to or how they got into the city um and there's a heartfelt reunion between brothers and that was that was really nice to see but you could also i thought it was kind of interesting if you watch ellie's face in that uh, reunion you can see that she's kind of like wait wait a second no joel's mine like he's my like my family and, like i don't think she realizes it yet because i mean it's still pretty early on 
but I think she's starting to realize like, no, wait a second. That's my buddy. And to see her or to see him act that way with someone else, it's like kind of like that twinge of like jealousy almost. I missed that, but I did catch Tommy's reaction, which was Joel has finally found the one thing, you know, his grail, basically he's been Tommy, Tommy, Tommy for the entire trip. You're Tommy, your cargo, Tommy, Tommy. And then Tommy sees Joel. He's kind of like, that look like, what are you doing here? Like mm-hmm. never in a million years expected him to come out here. And he's like, I'm here to save you, but uh, you're doing all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm just going to pull up stakes and head on back home now. But it was just really weird to see Joel's reaction of just relief to see Tommy and Tommy's reaction of wariness of mm-hmm. why are you here and who's that? Well, and if you think about Joel's life up till then, he wasn't, it's been, it's made clear throughout the episodes that he's not a good person. He's done some bad things. He's done some bad things. To survive. He has been in dark places. He Mm -hmm. has not been the same since Sarah. So Tommy probably, as much as he didn't want to leave his brother, also is probably like, thank God I'm kind of away from that. That's, that's that's some negativity that I don't necessarily need in my life because I'm ready to move on and start a family, get married. And yeah. Joel is just stuck in his 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 dark his dark Great. area, his darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as much as I do think Tommy was happy to see Joel, it's also like, well, I guess what now? And and what are you with this cargo? Are you bringing me back into the the crap that you were doing before the yeah the rabbit back into the life yeah mm-hmm. well and especially where later on in the episode joel is basically like okay i'm dropping her off and i want you to handle it now mm-hmm. i want you to take because <clears throat> they're still trying to figure out where the fireflies are they don't know yet where to go but they do know that tommy used to be a firefly and so that's kind of their lead and so they're like okay well, where do you think they are now? And he says they might be at the college, which is like the College of Eastern Colorado, which I don't know. Is if is that a real college? No. No? Okay. I don't think so. I know. I didn't think so either. But um, but they do. Um, so they're like, yeah, they're probably there. And so then he's like, okay, well, you take her the rest of the way for me. Like, you know how to get there and I'm done. And it's, there was definitely this, I feel like this episode was super important to the rest of the story because there was, it was a huge turning point between Joel and Ellie and their relationship. Um, Cause it really could have gone either way. Joel could have been like, yep, I'm done. I'm out. But then, um, you know, I think as he was kind of realizing that, that, that this life that they could have, if they, you know, stayed in Jackson or if, you know, all sorts of possibilities. You know, he, he's wanted, he wants to be hopeful for the future and he also wants to see Ellie to be safe. Like he, yeah, he's, she's cargo, but at the same time, like he wants to make sure that she's in good hands. Well, and he's probably also worried about how attached he is getting to her as well. That too. He wants that to too. protect himself. Yeah. And he's not ready to admit yet. Exactly. Yeah. And in getting ready and in doing so, when he basically says, well, you know, time he's going to take you the rest of the way i love that ellie finally has 
an emotional break of sorts. And it's like, everyone in my life has left me. My parents, you know, friends, that, that, that. And now you're leaving me. And she just, you know, has a very brief, but very emotional outburst. And, you know, Joel's expression of just like, oh, like he had no idea, couldn't fathom that she would have this kind of reaction. And that she's, as he's trying to pull more away, she's trying to gather a little closer. One of my favorite things of the series happens in this episode. And again, I'm going to give a little warning. I'm going to talk about periods. So if you want to skip a minute or two ahead. Okay. The fact that Maria gives Ellie, I I know I'm just putting it out there. The fact that Maria gives Ellie a menstrual cup. uh, I, it, it makes so much sense. It's not even that big of a thing. She looks at the instructions. She looks at the cup. She says, this is weird. I think she swears about it. Mm -hmm. And they are weird. They're weird as hell. But if you are in an apocalypse, a reusable like product would be the best thing you could have. And so it was just like, yay. I, I don't know. And I just thought it was cute, a wholesome thing that another woman would realize someone would need in these situations. That not Joel's not gonna give her a diva cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, let that me would be tell awful. you about your blossoming womanhood. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Maybe that should have been one of the one of the blooper reels. Oh, it would have been great. So it just it just made me happy. But well, Maria also gave um Ellie something else. Yes. Insight into Sarah. Yes. At this point, Ellie didn't know about Sarah. Yeah. Nope. And, you know, her reaction to, oh, he had a daughter. And just that kind, of, that kind of revelation for her was just like, oh, I I need to process this. Because yeah. it changed a lot. I think it changed a lot of how she perceived Joel at that point as, oh, he actually, I have an idea now outside of Tess, what he's lost. Yeah. Yeah. She begins this, to understand. sense why. Yeah. He's so off guarded. Yeah, exactly. Trying to keep her as cargo versus Mm -hmm. anything else. But at this point, Joel's also got a lot more respect for for her and the things that she can do. And I I think I think in that moment though, when when she's talking about when Ellie's talking about Tommy to Maria, I I don't think Maria knew all the things that Tommy had done necessarily not. It it looked like she was slightly caught off guard when she said, well, Tommy was with him during a lot of that time. Like he did those things as well. Well, you know, to the point of Tommy breaking away from Joel intentionally and, and basically creating a new life. He basically, I can see where he would, selectively edit what he would tell somebody especially he's in a relationship with in a community to not make him seem like a monster and somebody's like the entire community is going to be like watch him out of the side of your eye because you never know when that side of him is going to pop out so i could see him playing that downplaying that completely well and i think all of jacksonville shows this uh juxtaposition of this normalcy, this life, this place where people can gather together and watch movies on the weekend. And then you have Ellie and Joel who are literally outsiders, but I also don't know if either of them can see themselves in a place like this because they've never 
they haven't been in places like this before. But Joel has. I mean, not for a long time. Not for he a long time, no. But I mean, QZ, and that was before he did all the things. And they've been on the yeah. road, killing people, seeing people die, being in these dire situations. And then it's like this, like smack in the face with normalcy. And it's like, is like, is this someplace I can be? So I have a question that maybe was answered to some degree in the game. Do they ever give like a rough timeline of how long it takes them to get from Boston to Salt Lake City? Um, it takes, um, it's, it's a good like three seasons because it starts, I want to say Boston starts in the summer, if I'm remembering correctly. And then, cause they kind of have the game broken up into seasons okay. where they have summer and then fall and winter. And then it kind of goes a little bit past that. So, I mean, it's several months. Okay. Cause I mean, um, it's, it's, it's hard to get a good sense of scale. Like I know that yeah. driving from A to B is this long but i know that they've also got to deal with all the stuff that we didn't see in the episodes like all the between uh, interstitial stuff mm -hmm. where you know what kind of roving bands they have to avoid or where do they run into infected where do they have to hide out for a couple of days to just you know build some build up the supplies for the trip so knowing that it was some not winter season when they left boston and was early fall the, the onset of winter by the time they got to Jackson was just kind of like, you know, what's the, what is the timing we're talking about here? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's definitely less than a year, but it's okay. more than six months. Okay. Is my guess. Um, and to, to what you were saying too, a minute ago, Steph, about, about Joel and Ellie, maybe not being able to like see themselves in this community. I was, I had a thought too, that perhaps I think Joel was more, he was more willing to be like, no, I'm going to leave Ellie here. This is where she deserves to be. I don't because of the, of my past and my, and my things that I've done, I don't deserve this. So I'm going to leave her here in good hands and give her a good chance to grow up in a happy thriving community. And I am better off alone anyway. So I'm just going to drop her off and leave. And he has that attitude quite a like for the good first half of the episode until um because we we start seeing him having more um panic attacks which mm -hmm. is new to the show or new from the game like that that didn't really happen in the game so it was kind of interesting to see how they were portraying the inner struggle that joel was having it's hard to get Kalanapin in the apocalypse yeah <laughs> And so even the con like the conversation that Joel has with Tommy about like how he's had nightmares and he all he knows is that when he wakes up, he feels like he's lost something. And he, you know, and just kind of admitting to that as well as um, after he's had a panic attack, he like looks up into the crowd because like, he goes outside and he like looks up into the crowd and sees a woman off away, a young woman who has who looks very similarly to his daughter or what his daughter would look like if she was still alive and at that age so 20 years later and then you kind of he kind of like glimpses her and is like is that is that is that sarah and but then she turns her face and it's not her obviously and she has like a little girl with her and so i think it kind of gave joel like wow like i could have had this life this could have been me but again, like he is, he is still haunted. He's haunted by losing Sarah and his choices. And so he, he decided, he's decided, 
he's not going to do it. He's not going to take Ellie any farther. He's done. And he goes to tell, tell, he goes to tell Ellie and they have that really big conversation, which is such a pivotal moment in the game and the show. But then he shows up. Yes. And so they, they definitely have that chat. And she's like, she's like, look, everybody I have cared for has either died or left me. And I, do you guys know what the next line is on that one? No. I don't know if I can say it because it says the F word and I don't say the F word. <laughs> you just got like expletive deleted. Don't judge me. But yes, it's like <laughs> everybody effing except for you. And so she says, don't tell me that I'd be safe with someone else because the truth is I would just be more scared. And so that right there is just like a huge moment for, for them. You know, his eyes are open. Joel's eyes are opened, I think, a little bit more into the impact that their relationship has had in the last few months that they've been together. Mm -hmm. But he still walks away and you're kind of left thinking, is he going to show up or is Tommy going to be the one that's meeting her at the horses to, to leave the next day? And then like Steph said, then he shows up and then he gets stabbed. So good job. Good going, Joel. That, that well, somebody had to catch that bat. Yeah, oh I know you had a big problem with the college part because they they shortened it a lot from the game. It so was so how, freaking how much fast. how much different was the game experience in the college than the 10, um, 15 minutes? It was we a got. whole chapter. So add add 40, about about two 20, hour, not about, forty two hours. Yeah, forty minutes to two hour gameplay. I would say. Wow. I and okay. I'd say add about twenty clickers and three bloaters. Yeah, and there were a whole zombies. bunch of looting. Okay. And one of the worst gaming, like most stressful gaming mechanics of all time, when you have when you're upside down and trying to shoot clickers that are coming. No, after that you. that was way early on. Was that it? Was, that was with Bill. Okay. Yeah, because well. he fell into one of Bill's traps and okay. got held upside down, <laughs> and, and you had to shoot upside down. It was so hard. This was like the world's <laughs> most frustrating game. It, it's it's challenging. <laughs> it is challenging. Okay, challenging is probably a much better way of putting it. Just, but it just sounds like the first seven or eight times you would die doing this would just be like, I hate this game. Yeah. You're so, like, you're up to die again. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so I, uh, oh, go ahead. Go I, I found something on, on Reddit. Uh, Let's hear it. That <laughs> is a map of the routes that were traveled at least per the game. Oh. Uh, and so here's the map. Sorry for anyone listening on audio version, but showing their exact route over to, to Jackson. So, uh, and then Salt Lake, Denver, they traveled roughly 3,553 miles. Wowza. Okay. Uh, so quite a quite a bit of ways uh to get there and uh it's roughly took about a year of travel is what they're saying yeah that would make sense if they started in summer ended in about springtime right around a year mark yeah um so joel does get injured that that does happen However, in the game, it's slightly different, and I'm glad that they changed it because it was very cringy. They they do get attacked while they're at the college, 
And they, they had just discovered that they found that clue that said the fireflies had left and are in Salt Lake at St. Mary's hospital. So that's where we finally, finally get the clue of where, uh, of Salt Lake city. Um, and then while they're escaping the, and fighting off these, um, raiders, um, Joel gets pushed off of a, um, two or three story, um, window or balcony and falls on rebar. Yeah. So getting stabbed with a baseball bat, a shard of baseball bat. That was a little bit easier to watch. I'll be also, honest. can we talk about how the first rule of stabbings is you don't pull the stabbied right? out of your body? First aid, people. Joel, get your together. Jeez. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Joel's uh, first aid certification was expired by 20 years, apparently. <laughs> He's not an Eagle Scout. I just, I just don't get why those guys have this huge vendetta when they were just going to kill the guy too. It doesn't, it, it's apocalyptic justice. It doesn't make it's, sense. It, it, and it's somebody who took away somebody from the community. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is just some random, random guy and girl that for all they know, attacked the raiding party. Yeah. yeah. Well, it know, also... It's whoever told the story when they got back to, to the town. Sure. Well, and also a raiding party um in in very typical times like that too i mean it's nothing nothing's typical about it let's be honest but if they see two people two lone travelers and there's a whole bunch of them and they have supplies and weapons it's pretty easy to overtake them and steal all their stuff so they probably saw joel and this child um as as um an opportunity yeah so, Two of them, four of us, we got this. But yeah. we know that leading into, well, I guess we don't know at this point because we have to wait a whole episode to find out what happens to Joel. So I was like, Joel's dead. So this is going to be really awkward for Ellie to have to get <laughs> to Salt Lake City by herself. And that's where I ended that episode. I was like, well, Joel's dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dead, dead, It's Joel. the last of her now. So, all right, so game on. <laughs> Oh, man. So going into episode seven, this one's called Left Behind, which is the same name as the DLC that this whole episode they took from. So real quick, interesting. So they did a really I think they did a really good job again with this episode in showing some more of Ellie's backstory, because in the DLC, though, the only thing that I wish they had shown a bit more in the TV show was some more of the parallels, the back and forth between Ellie's past and what Ellie was dealing with in that moment of trying to um, uh, help Joel and keep him alive. Mm-hmm. Um, because what happens is she she takes the injured Joel and they go to a mall and she holds him up into a place, into like a store, and she's on the search for, for state supplies. And so she goes through the mall and tries to find stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. on the parallel... She's doing everything with Riley in the mall. In a mall. So I thought that would have been such a cool thing to see in the show, but they decided not to. They just focused like pretty much all on the past stuff. Yeah. What did you guys think of that episode? Especially not knowing the DLC. (laughs) Well, the girl who plays Riley, I should know who her name is, but she's... Stormy uh, Storm Reed. 
Yes. She is in Euphoria as Zendaya's oh. younger sister. And she she's just phenomenal. I, I think Euphoria and this are the only two things I've seen her in. And both of the acting is she's great. Um, so I was excited to see her. She's a cute, cute girl. You didn't see her in A Wrinkle in Time? Okay. I never saw A Wrinkle in Time, but I read it when Wrinkle in Time came out, planning on watching the show because of Ava DuVernay and all. Uh, but again, I, I just need to go back and, and do it. But I did she's read been the in a couple of Oh, interesting. She was apparently, no, sorry. She was not dead shot. Bloodsport's uh, daughter in The Suicide Squad. So the guy who replaced Deadshot in the second movie, apparently it was his daughter. She was also in a movie called The Invisible Man, starring Elizabeth Notbanks Moss and oh, Aldous I Hodge. Seeing, she was the daughter in that as well. So, I mean, she's been in a few things that I've seen. Um, so seeing her in this was like, oh, I know that person. Sure. And I think that she did a great job of being... Ellie's counterpart slash foil slash best friend slash proto love all mashed up in one very complicated relationship. And I just loved watching the two of them be kids for a night. And that was really fun. You have to have a tough outer shell to be like Ellie's friend. I feel like uh, it's not going to be like, let's go try on outfits. And like <laughs> it, it, it's, it's yeah it's a tougher atmosphere and they they played on each other really well um their chemistry together was was great and it was like you're saying it was just kind of it was charming it was super charming to be in a i, I want to say hotel in a mall together and have free reign of it i thought it was funny when they did the victoria secrets um window and they're like why would people wear that <laughs> And I'm like, I agree. <laughs> the carousel was really sweet. Yeah, it showed a side of Ellie that we hadn't seen before and then did give us insight to uh, first how she got bit and why why she, uh, yeah, why she is the way she is in a lot of ways. But one of the other things I really loved seeing was when they first get there and and Riley's like, go here, go here, go here, and wait. And Ellie's like, why? And she's like, go here, go here, yes. go here, go do. And the look of wonder and awe, which we see occasionally in Ellie, like we saw it when they were getting in the truck at Bill and Frank's. She's like, it's like a spaceship. And just the awe of like a child who's never grown up and you know, had a car just in their day to day that we take you know for granted at this point or you know a mall that we take for granted as you know i can go to the store and pick up anything i need and it's full of lights and wonders and all these magical things that for somebody who's never had that experience i think that bella ramsey did such a fine job of, of showing that sense of not just awe but just wonder at, at mm -hmm. how can this be like an escalator Yes, she was so charming on that. It was just so, and it's so interesting because that's something, I don't know if teenagers hang out at malls these days, but that's something I did as a teenager. I hung mm -hmm. out at malls. I like doing, and these kids are doing that, but they're, they, there's so much more novelty to it because it's not something they can do. 
and the fact that Riley had been there long enough to kind of find all of the ins and outs and all the things that were that were she thought would be special for Ellie. Yeah. Or was just, you know, Very so well sweet and touching. Out. Yeah. And she's, you know, it's like, how long have you been here? Uh, a while. But just, you know, going through and seeing all the things that we take for granted as, yeah, we've got these stores, they've got things, and we go to the store, we buy the thing, and we walk out. And, and Mortal and, Kombat. And Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And watching them play that game, like, shut up. No way. And, and the, yeah. the, I can oh. actually touch this thing and play the game. And the, the sheer joy of well how do we do this and you know breaking into the, the quarter machine to to get in and go oh we got discovered <laughs> and just the the fun of watching them play that and apparently they ad-libbed some of the um some of the, playing that game for for uh the, the episode that's like, cute we weren't supposed to really do this but we did it anyway we actually played the game and it's like oh well that's kind of fun Yes. No, and they and they do that in the video game too. Riley kind of takes her on this tour around the mall and showing her all these different fun things. And they they were like spot on. I mean, they combined the last two where they had the the scary like Halloween shop and the and like they put on like masks and then the music and like dancing and stuff cuz those were te- two separate events, mm. but I'm actually glad that they kind of meshed some of them together because it would just make it made a really long episode, but it was really fun to see it all come together on screen and to see these two actresses together. Um, and just like, yeah, like seeing their chemistry and like all of that and just kind of seeing where, where it was going to take us. And like, I mean, I knew what was going to happen. So were you, <laughs> I know, I know. Like I knew that that's exactly how it was all going to play out, but it was still. Yeah, Colin, and you haven't played the DLC. So did you know that's when she got bit? Yeah, did I you know? I I had no clue. I, I assumed that's what was going to happen uh, as, as soon as they showed the creepy doll store. And which I'm still very confused about how this is a firefly like base of not like base but like a a sub base of operations and how they didn't clear every single store right yeah i thought that was kind I of i would have thought too. that they they would have like scoured that like store by store and it wasn't like it was like deeply hidden inside a store like you walk in and it's just like <laughs> off on this corner like and he'd been there a while yeah yeah well, well so and here's the... The thing. could it have been that it had been a, a uh, storehouse for them of sorts and they had cleared it but in between the time that they had done that clearing and recruited riley they're just like it, it should be okay it's in this part of town we we've cleared around here everything should be okay although it looked like the clicker had been there or the creature had been there he'd been for there for a while, a while. like he's already I mean, like ornate. embedded into the wall yeah, yeah I was he was, say, the, the vines there the were not small yeah well and it's in, it's definitely interesting i mean they had to do something to um get a clicker there um, at the mall, at the scene the of the crime. Was, you know, clickers love carousels. Because in the <laughs> in the game, they were because um, they were like like I said, Ellie and and Riley were blasting music in the music store and dancing and having so much fun that the noise attracted. And it was actually several zombies. It wasn't just one. 
and well, they the had thing, to that, yeah that so it's, it's something that, that yeah. i was concerned with was they turned lights on in an otherwise dark zone and nothing responded well or no one right is it just because it was in the middle of the night and maybe no one happened to be walking by at that moment well, not, not even so that, but I mean, patrols and it's bright yeah there's going to be patrols there's going to be somebody going why is it light over there because the it was it looked like it was like a glass ceiling in the middle of that mall but even so i mean some light's going to get out i mean even if it's not like uh you know column of light there's going to be something that is going to be noticeable in a completely dark city yeah and somebody somewhere, because I mean, there should be some kind of patrol, some kind of watch. Where were they? Well, there was my coffee break. I don't know. I was <laughs> off doing something. Yeah. But then it's not only the ending of the episode is sad, but also finding out that Riley put all of this together as basically her way to say goodbye to Ellie, as her way of like, hey, I'm leaving the boss a Boston area. I'm moving on with the fireflies and I wanted to be able to like, see you one last time. And that was really sad. I think this episode too gave uh, some insight about the fireflies and how they are a controversial group. Cause I think in the first episode we see Fedra being in control and they're just bad need to be fought against. But I think that there's a lot more nuance to both Fedra and the fireflies and neither one is, it's not black and white one is not good one is not bad it's just the world that they live in now so question for for the kid who's not seen or not played the game or either of the games or any of the dlc um do we ever see a fedra colony or qz that works that's not like everything's martial everything is rigid it is this right in it so it all looks like the boston qz nope yep Okay. And, and you know, you get to even meet a couple different kinds of groups of people in part two, which is also just really interesting to see all the different types of communities that have evolved over the years. So okay. that's, that's definitely, that is definitely an interesting aspect of the, of the game and seeing how every, where everyone kind of ended up too. Right. Well, and I think it kind of makes sense too, considering where the QZs are, so they're in the higher populated parts of the country with lots more people. So I think they have to keep that law in order um, compared to these other like more rural areas. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. And I may have misstated what I was looking for. Not so much the martial law aspect, but it just seemed. It, there's like harsh. no joy. Yeah. 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 It was just very harsh, very just, stark reality. Yeah, and so to hear that there are other enclaves of humanity that have different atmospheres is seems like it would be realistic because not every city is going to be the same, especially if you have different governing structures or different ruling right. castes or parties in each mm-hmm. and belief systems too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we did get to see a taste of that, and we'll we'll hit on that more as when we get into episode eight with. David's whole group and how it definitely had more um, religion involved with their group and what they believed in and and were trying to create with their community. Um, But yes, any, anything else about episode seven? Did you you, like, what did you think overall, Robert, of that episode? Like, did you, did you think it fit 
I mean, same with you, same Colin, because just... again, like since you weren't familiar with the DLC, like, did you guys think it fit with the rest of the show? Should they have done a whole episode on it? I think it fit. I, I don't, it, it didn't take me out of the show. You know, it, it very much felt like a piece that was needed to uh, explain a lot of unanswered questions. It adds composition through, through earlier mm-hmm. episodes and, you know, it, yeah, exactly. Adds composition. It's taking the the story further. I, I didn't feel like it uh, strayed too far from it at all. And for me, it was the same, a similar kind of breather and interlude that long, long time was with Bill and Frank. Mm-hmm. That not only, like Collins said, adds some background and composition to the story, but gives you a chance to just, <sighs> okay, we've been dealing with, you know, a lot of horrible people for the past three episodes and now we get a break and it's yeah it's unexpected and hearing how the parallels were done in the game of of present versus past i would have i think i might have enjoyed seeing that but i think seeing the past and how that formed ellie's decision to not give up on joel because she could have mm-hmm. just left him in the basement like you're bleeding out dude deuces and just yeah. took well, off. And he told her to leave. He's like, yeah. I'm gone. Don't waste your time trying to fix me and heal me. I'm leaving. And her me. decision Go. and her at the top of the stairs having that flashback. Mm-hmm. And that's stealing her decision at the end of the episode to find something, help him. We don't quit. We don't give up. Yeah. And I think that that was, we needed, we needed the interlude with riley to build to that point where riley's like whether we've got two hours two days or two weeks however long it is we don't quit we don't give up on each other and we needed that we needed to get through that episode with riley to get to see her realize that she cares enough about joel and that she needs him and that now he needs her and Mm -hmm. not to give up and you know at least try do what you can to 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 keep going yeah and keep him going in this case so for me it was it was the same like i said it was similar to having long long time to have that kind of step back from what's going on right now and see something else right exactly you know i i would have been I would have been okay if they even threw, like if they had thrown in a couple of scenes to again, show that parallel of what Ellie was dealing with in the present day, even just to show her like maybe going through like a house or a mall or whatever, and having to be stealthy and avoid um, infected or something like even just to show a little bit more like of a challenge, but I don't know. I guess I just wish there would have been more. I feel like that episode, um, it's it, knowing how it, it was enacted in the DLC. I feel like it was just missing something, but at the same time, like I still like, you, yeah, like you guys, you hit it right on the nose though. It was still a really good episode to kind of bring everyone up to speed, give some backstory, give some content and explain why Ellie, like we finally get to know why she's been, she herself has been so guarded. Yeah. And I think back to what Robert was saying about, you know, there being that that breather, right? Like this leading in right before episode eight, there's definitely a breather that's needed. 
because you i mean you yeah. walk into just <laughs> the hard hitting stuff right like it, this is something that i wish marvel would do a little better because like in phase phase four you're just hit with sorrow and things just breaking down and just kind of these not necessarily darker like levels of darkness but like just this level of like there's no hope it just one thing after another just keeps knocking you down well and so it's fair, nice to have little bits of to be fair I mean, in marvel's defense for that i mean phase four was grief and trauma and they didn't unfortunately come out and say this is what it's going to be until they were two-thirds of the way through it but then in retrospect you could look at it going from going all the way back to wandavision all the way through uh wakanda forever that entire arc of movies was about grief lost trauma from people who died were brought back people who died and didn't come back all the things and i think that i'm curious to see how they handle the marvels because it's going to be like phase five but it's going to be phase four b as well because there's a whole number of trauma issues to be dealt with in that movie as well and that's going to end my marvel chat thank you for coming to my ted talk i was gonna say um this is actually the trauma of zombies and not the trauma of marvel so please stay on topic uh, infected please oh, oh wow they, wow they prefer infected <laughs> so I real quick, I have to say too, before we get into episode eight. So I guess my other gripe with this episode and even some of the prior episodes was knowing that there was only going to be nine total episodes this season and knowing that there was still so freaking much that had to happen before that ending scene with Joel and Ellie in the hospital. I, I was nervous. I was like, they better not cut out too much. They already skipped a ton of the college. They already skipped this and this and this. That is just like, okay, so we know episode eight is going to be about David. So what's going to happen in episode nine? So it just, it for me, it made me a little bit nervous. But I, I feel like given what we were, what we were given, it ended up being okay. And I'm glad that they did a whole episode on David. So was David in the game. short or long it was pretty long it was actually one of the most intense one of the most intense parts i'm just gonna jump ahead because we're like on the topic right now that scene where ellie gets away from him and is like going through the restaurant and trying to get away from him and he's coming after her that in the game is like this whole entire sequence where um so in one of the features of the game, Joel and, and Ellie, they both have like this like kind of like supersonic hearing thing. It's not it's not meant to be like science fiction-y. It's just kind of a game mechanic that if you kind of like listen for a second, hold still, you can kind of detect where enemies are, um, especially if they're moving around. But the thing is with when you get to this part with David, he's also sneaking around and trying to find you. So he's quiet. So you don't know where he is because your supersonic hearing is not picking it up. Hmm. And all of a sudden he comes behind you and you like freak out because you're not used to being hunted in the game. And so this is like really terrifying moment where you're being stealthy and trying to avoid him in the restaurant and he is trying to come after you. And you also have to find moments where you sneak up on him 
you have to stab him a certain number of times and then run away and then try to find him again, stab, stab, run away. And then you can finally do like the final battle, if that makes sense. So it's it is, it's a lot intense. It's very intense. Meanwhile, the building is burning down around you. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. So scary. we come across David and what's his face? James. James. And James is played by Nolan North, who is. No, no, no. Troy Baker. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I knew that. I don't know why I said Nolan North. <laughs> because they're very interchangeable. Let's be honest. They are. Okay. Yes. So James is played by Troy Baker, who is Joel in the video games. Yes. Oh, okay. So he got to come in and play a character. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> creepy ass character. That whole faction is full of creepy ass human beings. I mean, it's really only David and his cronies. Everyone else seemed pretty innocent. I I mean, I guess they did, but just them being involved in that cult makes yeah. them. Well, uh, they didn't know though. The that, a lot of them did. A lot of them didn't know what they were they eating. They knew. They didn't have suspicions. I'm with, they didn't, with Marley on this one. They didn't know. It was really only the cronies, the people that were like he kept it hidden because he didn't want everyone to find out and freak out. I and so that's why it was very. Who's in a cult has some suspicion that they're in a cult. Okay, well let's let's start there. Was it a it's cult? Really a cult? No. Yeah, I mean it, it was just a religious. Just because group. it's There's a charismatic group. leader. Look, do you want to go through the, the, it's called, is it the bite? I think it's the bite method that is all these things that contribute to a cult charismatic leader. They control your thoughts and what your actions. If you leave the faction, you are shunned. These are all big parts of being in a cult. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to apologize also, before I say also, this. The guy full on smacked that girl and no one They did nothing. Up. Like okay, those are that is because they're, they're all desperate and hungry. They didn't know what to life. do. <laughs> so I will just jump in here and say, not knowing where they were when this happened, I was like, are they just outside Salt Lake City now? Because because like religious group. <laughs> oh, they're going to Salt Lake City. So that was literally my first thought in this, and then it was like, no, I I don't think that's the case, and then it just just got weird yeah and like you know this the smack like colin said it's like okay that that happened and nobody mm-hmm. nobody flinched so it was like oh well um all right we're just well, gonna let that go the game didn't really have all of these religious um themes in this in this group or this cult as stephanie's calling it like it wasn't really it, there really wasn't that thing. And plus you, you didn't even really in the game, you didn't see women and children as part of this community. You Ooh. saw, you saw it was you, because again, it's that same thing. They were very, it was very dehumanizing because they're just people that eventually Joel is going to have to kill a bunch of them to get to Ellie. And so they're just a bunch of just b- random bad guys, except for David. He's the only one that you really know. And I think, yeah, you do. He does call James by his name. So that's how the only reason why you even know anything about this James guy. Because he doesn't do anything in the game except for go get the medicine like like David asked him to. And then while he's off, David has that moment with Ellie and they're talking. And they also do this whole sequence where 
they have to actually fight off a bunch of infected and a big bloater. And so because they like survived together and fought together, and Ellie the starts to of a cult is not being able to question the leader, but also like Ellie kind of starts to like, maybe think, okay, maybe David is someone that I might be able to trust. But at the same time, she gets her medicine and goes like, she's like, okay, bye. I'm out not realizing that he's probably going to follow her and come after her. Yeah. Poor Ellie. It's his, her naivety. That is just, she thinks she can get away and people won't follow her. And it just is not the case. Especially in the snow. Like there's going to be footprints. Mm -hmm. So I have to say though, at the very beginning of this episode and the beginning of this whole sequence in the game too, this is the first time you play as Ellie. Oh yeah. The whole time you're playing as Joel. And so you, you're playing as Ellie, she's trying to hunt and you have a bow and arrow, which is awesome. That's an awesome feature, like weapon that she gets to have. So she's trying to hunt for deer and everything. So that was definitely a really cool aspect of the game and a nice, um, switch. Yeah. So anyways, she, we know she goes back to Joel. She's able to somehow figure out that he needs, like, she just, well, she doesn't really know where to put the needle, but she's yeah. like, I'll just put it here. Both my husband <laughs> and I are like, where would you even put that needle? <laughs> and how would you know? Because again, I don't think Ellie got first aid certified back in Fedra, uh, Boston QZ, Fedra. Maybe she did. I don't know. I, I feel like that's something that they'd maybe cover in that Fedra school. Maybe. I mean, what else are you learning about? How to shoot guns. Corrupt history. And... No, she wasn't because Joel had to teach her. Yeah, they were just doing cardio. They were oh. just running and doing drills, probably. I don't know. Well, maybe it was one of the scenes that we didn't see that they learned how to do first aid or something. <laughs> right. But anyway, so then we find out that David and his crew, David has like this fixation on Ellie. As he says in the show, I see it. Um, I have a darkness in me and I see that same darkness in you. So creepy. (laughs) While we were watching. So when she's on her horse, she tells Joel, you need to wake up. You need to fight. You need to get better. And then tries to move everyone away from him. Hops on the horse and you automatically know the horse is going to die. And you're like, (laughs) and then the horse gets shot and she goes over the top of the horse. And I was, I turned to my husband and I'm like, how did they film that? And then at the end of this episode, they showed, they you showed they it on a mechanical horse, which is really interesting. And stunt people. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that was really cool. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. And then we, we cut to um, Ellie's now in this cage being held. And David is basically being like, look, you know you want to be a part of this group because here's the thing. You and I think alike and blah, blah, blah. He does his whole thing and you're just like, okay, creep. Oh, it's so creepy. What are you doing? And he basically tells her like he wants her to be like his wife of some sort. Like is a child bride's a sign of a cult? Um, so, and you can tell he's so creepy. I knew Even- she was going to say that. Even before all this is happening and he's explicitly saying, I want you to be my wife or whatever. Did he just say be, be with me? Be yeah. my leader. Okay. Yeah. Or be like, be my co-captain essentially. When he was still being nice to her before this all happened, there was something so off about him. Mm-hmm. There is something so menacing about 
how he is. Did you guys get, did you, or yeah, Robert, did you get that? Um, did you get those vibes from him? What did you think creepy, of David when he first, man. when he first was introduced? When he was first introduced, I thought that he was a decent human being. Even um, when his interactions with Ellie too, like, well, um, just well, like at, at, the, at, the, at the dead very deer. first. Yeah. That first was like, he just seemed like there's more Doing deer here. He yeah. He was like, he was trying to be personable. I think is what I what came off to me as he didn't get creepy until they got her back to the settlement. And at that point it was just like, Nope, that's, that just is wrong on so many, it feels you know, skeevy on so many levels. And it just, you know, the shuffle only goes down and it just kept going down <laughs> and, until she broke his fingers. Yeah. Oh my God. Get it, girl. Yeah. They did so well with that entire scene, though. And even the dialogue, like it was, it was like 99% accurate. It was, oh, nice. it was so cool to see that all played out. When, uh, when Bella Ramsey screams, Ellie, my name's Ellie. Tell Ellie, tell them it's the little girl who broke your effing fingers. And it's like such a guttural scream. It's so chilling and so good. Yes. And you finally, like, I feel like you really finally see how capable and like how fierce and strong Ellie is. I think you also see how bottled up she'd been. And finally she gets to the point of like, oh, I can let the monster out. And yep. and it, she has reason to. And then you see that in Joel, because Ellie's magic words actually worked, probably the penicillin <laughs> too. Um, yeah. And he goes on this killing rampage when he stabs the guy in the knee. Oh my gosh, knee Ooh. stuff scared. Like they just bother the crap out of me. And you're just like, ah. <laughs> and then just, yeah, he just goes ham on these guys. And you see how skilled he is at killing people. <laughs> Well, and torture. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. he has to torture them in order to get the information on where, like, their settlement is and where um, they took Ellie. And, like, again, for viewers of the, or first-time viewers, you know, of the TV show, like, they haven't seen this side of Joel, really. They haven't, they've kind of gotten hints and pieces, you know, here and there. But, like, this was a really big moment, too, for us to see Joel be be kind of more of that see that darker side of him and also see what he's skilled in i'm not saying like it's a good thing to be skilled in torture but like it works for william neeson yeah that's what i was gonna (laughs) say it's very taken he has a very specific set of skills (laughs) yes but no again coming into coming into this cold and seeing that one guy begging for his life like no i will tell you whatever you want to know and then joel's just like Okay. And I'm just like, wow, that happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and he even used like he killed one guy and planted his body so that the other guy would like find him and then he could grab that guy and then mm-hmm. take him. Yeah, like he it was so strategic. Like it also not only shows that like Joel is um you know, he's he's able to do these hard things, but like he's also smart. He's also a very smart guy. He's not just a brute. Watching Ellie kill James is very uh, satisfying. <laughs> she just like cleaver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cleaver to the noggin. 
Well, because to back up a little bit, you um, at this point, you know, David is like we know, like he's trying to convince Ellie to join them. But when he's realizing that that's not going to happen, especially after she breaks his fingers, he comes back and is like, okay, well, if you're not going to join us, then you're at least going to be useful to us in another way. Yeah, he's like, how did you describe it? Tiny little pieces? Cannibalism. Great. Great. I don't think that's a sign of cults. You sure? (laughs) I mean, it could be, but not all cults. Okay. (laughs) It's not part of the bite method. But Ellie, Ellie had to... That's horrifying, though. These poor people have no clue what they're eating. No, they and think it's just a deer. They're literally eating someone from their colony that they probably recently killed. Because, yeah, you know what? I'm way like more that poor girl is like eating her father. I'm way yeah. more horrified by the child bridey creepiness than I am. I mean, do what you got to do. It's all mortifying, okay? Oh, totally. All of it. Well, and like Ellie has to, she has to like in a very split moment, make a smart move and she does that in when when they're trying to pull her and put her on the ta- the chopping mm. block um literal yes block. literally that she's like i gotta be able to get out of this so she in the scuffle she bites david and she's like i'm infected and now you are too and he and so it really pauses them to be like oh crap mm-hmm. and then that's how she's able to actually get away because if not i don't think ellie would have survived that is that <laughs> more or less out of the game as well that oh yeah yeah well the oh, yeah. biting biting david to get out because i'm infected and having him go oh oh yeah that's okay. straight out of it yeah that whole scene like i said like 99 percent, and that one percent is maybe like a few dialogue things they changed interesting cool so yeah and then that's the moment where she yeah runs in, as we talked about she runs into the restaurant and she's trying to avoid david and oh gosh he jumps yeah. on her and then she is able to eventually wrestle with him and she doesn't stop stabbing. Well, no. it was so creepy. They just did a little part where he like reaches for his belt. Right. Yeah. That that wasn't in the game, I don't think. I don't think it was either. But I think it added another level of just this uh, his or, sick his sick mind. He yeah, he was ta- he was saying how of it. He, he was enjoying her fear. It yeah. was like turning him on, which is just again, blah. <laughs> and then she, then she just mur- murders the crap out of him, and you oh. are, you're not, you don't feel bad, and she gets no. splattered in blood. I, I didn't feel bad, but there was a part of you just like she's not stopping, and it reminded me of Joel with the cop in the first episode, where he just kept mm. punching, except she's got a knife, and she's just like, nope, I'm just gonna keep stabbing you. Yeah. So it not stop. Yeah. So she runs out of the building because it's again, it's on fire that they did that too. And she runs right into the arms of Joel. And you, the, the interesting thing is like in the game, you already know that. I mean, I mean, I guess you do kind of see it. Joel is trying to make his way to her. He's trying to find her. And that does happen in the game. It kind of switches between the two. And so you see Joel and it's very snowy. It's like it's like a whiteout in the game, and so it's really hard to like see people. And so that was an also an interesting aspect. But he actually meets up with her in the restaurant and pulls her off of David's body and stops her from from like because she's stabbing and stabbing and stabbing, and he pulls her off and holds her and is like, "It's okay, it's okay." 
But I guess for the show, what I heard on the, the um, Last of Us podcast, they, they said it didn't make totally make sense for Joel to be like in that burning building. It made sense in the game, but like in that moment, like it made more sense to have their kind of reunion outside. And well, so you get, what does he you say to her? The whole, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be okay, baby girl. And you just melt. <laughs> the first, and when I heard it, I was like, did he just say what I thought he said? Yeah, he did. And then I had to go back and go, Oh, he did. He said the thing. Yeah, he said the thing. And it was like, Oh, Joel's softening up a little bit. Well, and then, I mean, not to jump at, but you get into the first parts of episode nine. No, let's get into episode nine. And you see pretty much, not pretty, but like their roles reverse where Joel is trying to engage. Joel is trying to be light. And Ellie's just been through this thing where she can't engage. She is uh, trauma. Yeah, she's, she, she's totally PTSD yeah. at this point. Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. she's not even hearing half the things Joel's saying. She's just like, uh-huh. Joel's and trying to talk to her about learning guitar. Mm-hmm. Joel's trying to be like, have you played this game? And she yeah, just... In a fugue state, just like, I can mm-hmm. I can keep walking, I can keep doing basic, auto, basic functions, but the attention is not there. I'm just on complete autopilot. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, so episode nine, it's called um, Look for the Light, which is a nice little, like, capstone. Um, kind of bookends um, of the of the series because the first episode is when you're lost in the darkness, and then the last episode is look for the light, which is kind of like the theme that they um, made for the for the show. And so I thought that was really cool how they chose to like bookend it that way. Yeah, that is cute. But yes, I I really like this is another thing so that they added new for the show, and that is this entire story of Anna. Um, and her, yeah. um, who, who plays, um, so she's in the show, she's Ellie's mom, which again, fun fact, if you didn't know, um, the actress is, um, Ashley, Ashley Johnson. Johnson who plays Ellie in the video game. And it's so like, it's so interesting because her voice is like the exact same as Ellie. So when she was like talking, I'm like, Ellie, but the, <laughs> but Troy Baker he has such range with his voice acting that like when he talks, I couldn't hear Joel because he, he kind of like has to like deepen his voice and make it a little more like text and drawl. Not, not like that. I'm not a voice actor, <laughs> um, but he does that for Joel's character. So he and Troy Baker in real life sounds completely different than Joel. So yes, Ashley Johnson, we finally get to kind of get this missing piece of maybe why. why? Ellie is immune. Does any do you want to do you want to explain? I'm, I feel like I'm doing a lot of the talking. I'm sorry, you guys. We know that you're passionate about it. We enjoy hearing <laughs> your perspective. Indeed. Well, you you see a pregnant woman running through a forest, comes upon a house, tries to block all the entrances off because she's obviously being chased. Um, and it the click she goes upstairs, but the clicker gets in, and in this whole fight against the clicker where she's on the ground but is able to stab giving her birth. struggle she gives birth <laughs> which is just I don't know if that's physiologically a thing but 
I mean, it would make sense if you're adrenaline in, like... will do things to you. <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> if, then... if you've got a clicker freaking chasing you down, like and crawling at you, that was freaky. Oh. I mean, as the only one who's given birth here, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyways, continue stuff. But so she does finally kill the clicker with a knife in the throat. And then she cuts the baby's cord with the knife that's been in the clicker. Which happens um, to be the knife that Ellie now carries around. Yeah. But it's also interesting, too, because you find that the clicker had bit the um, Anna, the mom's leg, before right the before. cord was cut, too. Yeah. So but it's I like, was it the, the knife or was it the bite? Because I, I've read, I don't like, think the blood can both? circulate that quickly to get into well, from the leg. Because how long did it take her to cut the cord after? Because she, it wasn't like she killed the clicker and then she, it took her a couple of minutes, or not a couple of minutes, it took her a few moments to calm down enough to realize I just had a baby. Because she kills the clicker, the clicker's off on the side, and she, you know. Well, yeah. the baby's like on the ground. So right, she kind she of like, would have to go through the leg, back up the leg, through the circulatory system, into the heart, then into back out of the heart, then into the placenta. Like that's it a big journey. It I mean, takes well, a long time to it, well, and especially since uh, the like it's supposed to it it all happens with like the cordyceps, right? In the brain. Yeah. And so like at that point, there's nothing that's like even touch her brain stem to like even cause like mutation necessarily at well, that point. Like, I guess I guess hearing what you were saying about the knife stuff, you're the first person I've heard say anything about that. I everyone oh. else that has talked about it has talked about the bite in her leg and her not cutting the cord, the umbilical no, cord because... until after. So no, I no, it makes sense that it's the knife, but I'm telling you, no one is talking about that. Well, and it, 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 I also think it's that because Marlene, when she talks to Marlene, she's like, I cut the cord before well, I killed the clicker. No, yeah. she, no, she got, was asking yeah. before she got bit. You said, I and killed, she I, lied. Yes. Yes. I know she lied, but I think that that has part to do with it where she's saying she cut the cord and then killed it, but still she has the clicker or whatever in the, and cut. Yeah. The no, she was, she was or asking the about the bite connected though. To the placenta. Yeah, no, but Marlene was asking about the bite in that moment. No. But that also brings up something else, is that we now see how Marlene and Ellie started off. Yeah, yeah. they were fr like they were friends for a really long time. Which, like, adds a lot of sadness to their story. Or, I guess, conviction to Marlene's story. It, it's all a jumble of Well, she had to kill her friend, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So she, she turned around, and she didn't she didn't hesitate that long either, but Which, they also had to get going. Like they, I, I understand like the urgency and everything. And also the more you think about it, the harder it is to do. So I think she was just like, I have to do it. I have well, to do and it. And look I her was coming out of the room versus going back in the room, handing, handing Ellie off to goon number two. And sorry, I did not mean to do that while you were drinking. <laughs> But handing, <laughs> handing Ellie off to, to goon number two, and then you know the this has to get done, and then the look of just complete resolve on her face, like this has to get done, and just taking trying to take as much emotion out of it for her as she could, because she just killed her best friend. Well, and again, things that you don't think about until you watch creepy shows like this, 
But if I were to be shopped by my friend, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't want to think it was coming. And so I almost think that's a mercy thing that Marlene did, mm. which is like, I can't kill you, but she knows she has to. So she goes yeah, back and yeah. does it not Quickly. letting mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Be scared about it. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So not even for Marlene's sake, who's holding the gun, but Anna's on the receiving end for yeah. sure. For sure. But that, so just like, even just showing that entire scene was just a really, again, another way that, um, and I really appreciate that Neil Druckmann was, was so involved with making the TV show. Um, Cause you know, this is his baby. This, this video game and story is, is his baby. And so for him to be involved with um, the TV show and being able to be there for the conversations of what they can do differently or, and to make better, like, I, I like that he was like, you know what, there's this missing piece that we didn't cover in the games. Let's do it now. And so it was a really, really nice um, perspective to be able to see. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we're in Salt Lake City now. Salt and Lake City. Which I <laughs> am in Salt Lake City like Whoa. every single day. It's where my job is. And it's so funny. At oh one point they show a sign, Salt Lake City and Reno, like a uh-huh. freeway sign, which is accurate. But the mountains they showed behind it. First of all, I'm like, where would this be that that sign would be in correlation for the East Mountains to it? it I don't think it, yeah. there's. And it's also very clearly not the Rockies. It's not no. Utah mountains. It is no. Canada mountains for sure. Well, and even the the whole skyline, the building yeah. skyline. I was actually having a lot of fun because I'm like, it's that building, that building, that building. Oh, that's that building. Yeah, the and Grand like, America was in out. it. And I worked there when, a few years ago. Yeah, like, they hey. had a few hotels. They had a few of the um, buildings on Temple Square, which... Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting how they, cause it was very, it was obviously a rendering. It wasn't like, you know, it was, it was obviously digital, but like, why did they choose to like one of, one of the most iconic is the Salt Lake temple. Things. And they didn't which include is, it. Which I'm... is there, which is in the shot. But no, it's the gosh, dang it. it is. It, it is? is in the shot. What? It's, but it it's, is it's in the shot. The temple, the way it's it in, it's right under now. scaffolding. Oh. Exactly. And it's the thing. It's the scaffolding the way it looks now, as opposed to rendering it either pre it... pre-construction or uh post-apocalyptic even. But it's well, current, I... it's the current look of the of the temple. Yeah, it's an interesting choice because this is set in 2023, like The Last of Us is. So it's accurate to now well, it's yeah, but, it's but, not accurate. accurate to what would it it been after in 2003. When yeah. when when the world turned in 2003, right. the temple did not look like that. But it's such like an iconic um, architecture in the Salt Lake City skyline that it was really interesting that they chose not to portray what it normally looks like, especially because yeah. they did it in the game. You see the Salt yeah. Lake City temple. I mean, it's facing the wrong oh, way. Yeah, this is the game. Yeah, it's facing the wrong way, but it's I still... actually think this is supposed to be the Sandlot Field as well. Mm, interesting, because that's in Salt Lake. Or someone had a someone. Um, so one of our friends uh, of the podcast, Larry Curtis, he's been on Age of Geek before, and he actually works in um, the building that like 
had to have been right there where Jolie, Joel, Joel, Jolie, Joel and Ellie were um, looking out because, yeah, they're jelly. (laughs) Because Larry, after this episode aired, he posted a photo from that like same area, like showing like, this is what I see. This is what it really looks like nowadays. And here's what it was in the show. So it was a really cool side-by-side comparison. Did he have a giraffe in his picture? No, but <laughs> but someone else commented, yeah, that photo. Thanks, thanks, Colin, for grabbing oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um, because he, someone else commented and said, oh, maybe they wanted to show the the baseball field or kind of sports, you know. They paid probably and put up a it, parking lot. It's probably like a <laughs> soccer field as well, but they said it could have been West High, which is a few blocks um, oh, to the north. Oh, that would make sense mm. as Yeah, well. which is only a few blocks north. But yeah, so um, a lot of the buildings are actually pretty, pretty, pretty accurate. accurate. There's a few of them that are in there that you're like, that doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't do a full scale for scale. Yeah. Well, they didn't it, in the game either. So it is it, exciting. It's exciting in the game and it's exciting in the show because we're all in Utah. And mm-hmm. we're like, hey, that's where that's where <laughs> that's we us. are. That's oh, us. Yeah. And like St. Mary's, there's a hospital where my husband was born called St. Mark's. Mm -hmm. Okay. So hospital. Okay. So this is finally the moment where Joel and Ellie, they know that they need to get to this hospital because that's the final clue they find. Like that's the clue they finally received about where the fireflies have gone. And they're trying to find it. They're walking around. They're having a good time. Ellie is finally opening up, especially after coming across those wild giraffes, which happens in the game. And it's amazing and wonderful. It's just like a nice moment to breathe as well as to just kind of show, I don't know, like maybe a little bit of like an innocence, but also just like kind of maybe bring Ellie back to reality a little bit more and help her loosen up. Um, because you notice after that, that their conversation gets a little bit more open and even Joel opens up to her about his own mental health struggles and how, you know, he, it's revealed that his, uh, scar on the side of his head was from a suicide attempt that he had made after Sarah died, which wasn't in the game. No, no, Mm -hmm. no, but it was definitely an interesting piece to add, um, again, showing, his own mental health struggle and journey his, to uh, um, the grief. When you're in the darkness, look for the light as it were. <laughs> yeah. The, the giraffes is such a sweet moment. It is literally healing for Ellie to have just a little bit of magic mm-hmm. in this dark and twisty world. And then, yeah, they get to in get the wake of that. Well, in the wake of that, they oh, get to sorry. then dive a little bit deeper into their relationship to each other and kind of get deeper and more personal. Well, and they're, and by doing that, they're showing to each other that like, Hey, I do care about you and I do love you, but I'm not going to say those words. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But then they're walking along and then they get ambushed by the fireflies and you, uh, wakes up, Joel wakes up in the hospital without Ellie, without Ellie, but Marlene is there. And Marlene is like, yeah, we're prepping Ellie for surgery. You can't see her leave. You're done. Like, thank you for bringing her, but we've got Your it from here. Done. Your well, job he's, is done. He's realizing cordyceps are in the brain. The only way to get to them is to remove her brain. 
and he's realizing what that means for Ellie. Because I Which, think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. I think they were. He wasn't. He they they were both under the illusion that it'd be uh, something that she'd survive from. Yeah, yeah, I was one of those people who was like a simple oh, okay, so a simple procedure. Gonna, yeah, well, but, and you, you would think they would plasma. take blood and test them. Like you would think they would do some of the basic things first, especially if Ellie was born from this. Not from like anything in the brain, like it would have been something transferred by by blood or something. Yeah, she's not. She doesn't have the standard infection, so to speak. Yeah, and she's lived with this for twelve years or however many years old she 14. is. Fourteen. Fourteen years, and you know where where was the <clears throat> the lab work? Yeah. yeah. So to just go into. Hey, let's dissect her brain and see what we can find in here. And hopefully we'll find something, but we may not. And then you're ruining like the chance of getting enough blood samples down the road because well, what if it wasn't the brain? Oops. Well, it kind of it kind of makes it sound like she's disposable. Well, the it's the classic trolley scenario. Do you kill the one person? And save everybody, everyone. or do you keep it as it is to save the one person? And the biggest element that's going to make you decide that is who is the one person, and it's yeah. it's Ellie, and it's they dive into this conundrum more in part two. Again, not to have any spoilers, but what it would have meant to have a like have Ellie be a cure, or to be able to have a starting point for a cure. And how that could have changed humanity, and how these doctors don't think they were doing anything wrong by disposing of Ellie. They probably thought of her as not a volunteer. I think they knew she wasn't. Um, she's a resource. Complicit, but she's a resource and grateful to have somebody that they could have a jumping off point. Grateful that they have some idea of, of a little light spark of what a cure is, and that that's going to justify the means in the end. So you can see this whole moral dilemma where the cure would hurt, save so many people but well, who would sacrifice their uh, who, <clears throat> who would sacrifice their child for that for the idea for the mm -hmm. experiment well, of it all well, especially when marlene has already you know had to kill her mother yeah like yeah. and and her mother trusted her daughter with her mm -hmm. yeah and so to go through those moments of, <clears throat> I don't care, it's happening, like, this is what we got to do. I mean, again, she's just treated like some kind of cargo or resource. It's it's not that she's she's a human being. Yeah, Marlene's about the cause. It's not about the person. Well, yeah. and like, this whole she scene. She probably looks at herself as a resource in that way, too, actually. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, well, and this whole, <clears throat> sorry. My throat is getting dry and this water is not helping, but um, <clears throat> this whole hospital scene is about the power of choice as well. Not only are they like trying to do something for the greater good and seeing Ellie as an awesome resource, but also they didn't really give her the choice. They didn't really fully tell her what to expect. She no. probably thought she was just going under, under, um, under anesthesia 
and coming back. Like they were going to do a procedure, something simple, maybe get a sample. I don't know. And then he'd be back and everything would be fine. They made a point to say that she wasn't scared when she went under. Yeah. Which again, which, which brings that it's such a point. It's just another um, thing with this whole moral dilemma. Cause it's not even just the choices that Joel's about to make. Um, but it's also the choice that was taken away from Ellie. And then again, even further, the choice being taken away from Ellie as Joel makes his choices to save her. And we, we see Joel go into like this full on like SWAT mode, which was like, again, there he is. And like, it was really amazing to see in the show. Finally, to see Joel handle a gun a little bit more. Cause up until this point in the game, you've killed so many nameless, faceless enemies. And so to finally like <laughs> go through these motions and see him do it. I, at the beginning of this episode, both me and my husband, really, this sounds so bad, but we're like, if we don't see Joel kill at least 20 people in this episode, <laughs> we're, we're done with this show. <laughs> like how terrible is that to say? <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't admit that on a public podcast. Right. Oh, I did. I, I just there, did. As soon as they were in in the the stairs scene, and as yeah. he's about to take him out, and he he says something, I can't remember what it was, but he says it in his lower register, and I was just like, "Oh, Mandalorian's here." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness! But yes, I I also thought. It was an interesting choice of music that they played in the background while he was going through this whole sequence of killing everybody in his path. It was very like somber music. And it was like, because I think it was supposed to, I think the whole purpose of it was like, it's supposed to help, like we're supposed to feel sad, you know, like it is a sad moment. And it's it. So I thought that was kind of interesting rather than have like, I don't know, pump up action music or something or cool. Like I'm a SWAT team member or whatever. Like it was, it was completely the opposite. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head a few times. Most of the times it's nameless, faceless people. And this is showing the different medium is showing that that's never the case. That's not the case when Joel it's and you see the same thing in superhero movies when Superman destroys all of Metropolis and to kill Zod. How many people died in his destruction of the city? But he's doing it to anyways. So yeah, they're trying to show you it's not nameless, faceless. And I I actually think that's probably a really Neil Druckmann did this on purpose because again, part two is literally a story about how it's not it's not just a nameless faceless person that was killed so i think it is prepping you and so this different medium it just adds intensity to the fact that we're repealing everybody oh man uh and then well in the midst of you know him going through and killing everyone you get to um you get to the the surgical room and immediately goes and kills the doctor. This is probably the only brain surgeon that is left at this point that they know of that they know of. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, like, exactly how, a dozen. Yeah, yeah. How how many are there going to be that <laughs> that have that specialty now? Like, One line. Yeah, and possibly just none. And so the the level of research that can be done at this point is very very swindled. Yeah. And so any hope for a cure just based on that choice alone is is potentially gone as well. Well, and all the more reason for Joel to for lack for for saying this plainly yeah. and succinctly, it's very it's his way of eliminating that obstacle and eliminating yeah, that opportunity that opportunity to ever come back. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm not, I don't agree with necessarily. Like, I mean, no, he shouldn't have just killed all these people, but should he have saved Ellie? I, yes, I really want him to have saved her. You know, it's a, a it's not a black and white question. It's not a yes or no. It, for somebody coming into this from not having played the game, the last those last few scenes of this episode you know the hospital of joel realizing what's going on um ellie's lack of choice marlene's choices that have led to all of this is like for me there was a lot of what is about to happen here what's going on they can't do that without killing ellie well that doesn't work because i know that there's the last of us too and I know that she's in it, and 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 so I there were so many questions I had going through this, just like it was just like I've just got to take it all in and to see what's going to happen because it's like Joe's killing everybody he can find, and that's a lot of. For people. all you know, it could have been Last of Us Two, The Cure. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, there's just like where does this go? And it's like, well, that's Joel's making some choices. Marlene made some choices. Ellie doesn't get to make choices. Well, okay, here we are. It's all about the power of choice. I'm telling you. And it was just, it was interesting because I didn't have the foreknowledge that, that you had of what is about to happen as Joel wakes up in the hospital. So for me, it's like, it really, it was, you know, Joel wakes up in the hospital, Ellie's there, they'll draw some blood, sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, everything Aww. will be happy. Yeah, that was <laughs> not what I got. And I was just like, <laughs> no. wow, I can never watch TV again. Yeah, <laughs> no you can't like this this show like you can't trust anything anything and that the thing is since they were taught the whole show for the eight episodes before that they've been building up trust of some level and all of a sudden they just went yeah all of that just just yeah forget that so obviously joel gets ellie out ellie wakes up in a hospital gown and says what happened and joel flat out lies to her very and well I, too he's a good liar but i think she she knows she knows from the beginning that that's not this is not how this ended this would I don't not know she be knew at the beginning i think that she came to it between the the conversation the in the ride. truck and getting to back to jackson yeah i think that she started piecing things together over however long it took to make that trip of going yeah. things this just doesn't seem to add up for some reason and i think that she also had the i was going to do something and for whatever reason it didn't happen and none of these things together you know two plus two doesn't equal four 
Well, I think if anything, she wakes up definitely on shaky ground because where did this car come from? Why does why doesn't she have clothes? Mm. So I don't think she totally trusts Joel or what's going on in that moment because well, it's very confusing for sure. She's conf- yeah, she's confused. This would not be what happened if things went according to plans. So I think she knows something is up for damn sure. Well, and also like she even asks him, she's like, tell me again what happened. And, and then she like, Bam, on the spot yeah. with the story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he, he does it like his reasoning is because he wants to protect what he's now feeling with Ellie and this relationship. And I don't, I don't ever view it as such. Like Ellie has replaced Sarah. I think it's, it's that familiar feeling that he had with Sarah, with his actual daughter and finding it in someone new and being able to have still be like, you know what? I can still be, a father figure because like I am still a father, even though I lost my daughter 20 years ago, I am still that person, even though I've done some bad things, <laughs> um, but I'm still that person. And then he sees it in his relationship with Ellie. Well, I read something and I wish I could remember where to cite the source. They're saying that Joel realized something in the hospital when he realized what was happening with, with Ellie, that Joel has lost so much. He literally cannot cannot lose Ellie at this point. Yeah. He cannot allow himself to lose again. <laughs> yeah. And he does everything in his power, which turns out to be a lot, to not lose again, not realizing what it's costing him. Yeah. What it, what it will cost him. And yeah. I watched an interview with Bella and she talks about how when she she knows that even at the end where she's like, promise me everything you said is true. And he says it is. She knows that he's not telling the truth. She knows deep down that he's and Joel in doing this and saving her life has taken away her purpose. And that's Mm -hmm. going to be explored in season two so much as where does she go now that her purpose to save people was taken away from her without her consent again it's all these things happening to her everything's happening to her and she doesn't have control over her own life and that causes so much frisson i mean we even see that this this day and age with teenagers and whatnot they want to have control over their lives and it the stakes are definitely not as high well and again just back to my whole thing about the power of choice um being a huge huge theme in the end of this story, but it's also about the consequences of those choices and how they don't just affect you. They affect other people. Joel's choices, Marlene's choices all affected Ellie and even like Ellie not being able to choose. It still like affected everybody around her. It affected Joel. I mean, cause they didn't even let Joel go and like see her before her surgery. Yeah. They were just like, no, we took that. We took that power and that choice away from you and so again consequences and it's just all that was all what it, well, what happened well i think if if he did get that chance and got to understanding what was going to happen i don't think it would have changed much he so still would have yeah, stopped she, it he, he still would have been tried awake to stop when it. when it was happening but <clears throat> you mean he would have still tried to stop it mm-hmm 
Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but again, again couldn't lose anymore at that point. Yeah, but again, someone took that choice away from Joel. So someone took a choice away from Ellie, and someone took the choice away from Joel. And it's about them trying to then take it back and figure stuff out. And <laughs> part two, again, that's more, uh, you know, more explored later on. Um, what again, some of those consequences mean and whatnot, but it just, again, this, this, huh, this episode it's, and even just the whole, like the game and the whole ending of this story is not, it's not an easy ending. Oh my, no. My coworker who um, hasn't played the game, but really enjoyed the show. She's like, what was that cliffhanger at the end? Like she was so mad. She's like, there's supposed to be more. And I'm like, oh, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's what no. I was going to ask you, Robert. As someone who hasn't doesn't know what's coming next, what do you want to see in season two? I honestly don't know what I want to see. I mean, I want to see... Let me go back. Not knowing how Joel and Ellie separate in whatever, whatever form that takes, whether Joel dies, whether Ellie's just like, well, I'm out, whatever it is. I'm curious to see how that develops. Does anything that she, that Ellie learned from her time with Joel carry over? Does she, you know, think about Joel? Does he weigh on her mind, good or bad, because taking the choice, you know, having gotten her from from uh, Boston to Salt Lake City, having built that relationship and that bond, and then breaking that trust, you know, what is Joel to her now? You know, does she spend any time trying to get to know Tommy and Maria in Jackson? Does she even go into Jackson? You know, where, where does she go? How does she live her life post Salt Lake city? So I'm, I, it's an open book for me. It could be anything. And I don't know what to, what to expect, but this is one of those rare instances of, I don't know what's coming. It's a pop culture thing that I don't know enough about. To, to have predetermined um, ideas. And I enjoy that blindness because I can come into it without the preconception of it was done this way in the game or if there's a novelization of it this way in the book. And I can just kind of go, nope, I'm just going to wait and see what happens when it when it unfolds episode by episode. You oh, I was going to say we could get we you could should. get you a copy of Last of Us 2. And you could... Uh... I would have to have a PlayStation to play it. Oh, there we go. Hmm. I mean, if you want to give me a PlayStation, I mean, I'm not going to say no, but. <laughs> hmm. I'm like a PS4 I might have sitting around somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. I'm curious because part two is a lot. Like, I think they is... said they're going to make it two seasons. Yeah. That's uh, at least two. They Cause... said it's more than one, but they're not saying how many. Because without going into like a ton of detail, you're following two different people. Okay. In this in this next uh, portion, and so I'm assuming they're going to have like part of the season following one person, part of I, it following another. I can then... see it being season one, season two, and then more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever they get to play Ellie's counterpart, oh. They have to have no social media following. This person, the game was so, this person in the game was already so bullied. So the idea of making her in this TV show, I am worried for her. 
Yeah. Which trolls? She, trolls. Which she had that act. Um, the voice actress had a secret cameo in The Last of Us. Did you guys hear about that? No. Uh, Who was Laura? She? Laura Bailey. Yes, she was a nurse. She was one of the nurses. Ah. But you would never know because she has a mask. But they, yeah, yeah. they confirmed it that that, that was exciting. Laura Bailey. That they, so yeah, she's a voice actor for a very prominent character in. Yes. We need to we need to stop teasing. We need it. to stop talking about part um, two. I'm just gonna go play it again for the third I, time. It's fine. <laughs> I really enjoyed the series. Neil Druckmann and uh, Mason, Craig Mason. Craig Mason did such a good job with it. Bella Ramsey. Uh, I, I love Pedro Pascal. I think he oh, was phenomenal. Internet daddy. But Bella Ramsey. I think stole the show for me. Hundred uh, percent. Their performance was just so good. Their chemistry is just phenomenal together like on They're, screen and off they just they just click so well the range is insane um you laughed at times you cried probably more than you laughed it really is hu about human humanity and the new the grayness of life in this in these harsh situations um so. i i think overall um, I really, really enjoyed this show. I mean, I would recommend it to anyone, gamers, non-gamers, whoever. Like, I, I think in the beginning, because, because this game is so near and dear to my heart and I know the story, um, and what was going to happen, I definitely, I definitely was nervous throughout because I didn't know how they were going to play it out through nine episodes. But after the end... And just being able to look back on everything and talk about it here with you guys, I, I like have come to like really appreciate everything that they did with this show, even even the changes that Were they you that they satisfied made. with it. I think so. I'll I never think be so. Satisfied. I I think enough. My name is Angelica Skyler. <laughs> Sorry. Oh gosh. <laughs> I think I was satisfied enough again that I that it I would recommend it i would rewatch it okay that's my next question would you rewatch it i would rewatch it um i also just really i'm really kind of itching to uh play last of us part two again because i want to because the story like in my brain it needs to continue and i can't just like stop it right here where it is <laughs> i need to see it continue even though i know what happens so it's just, I, I feel unsatisfied in that regard, though, is because I know there's so much more to the story that a lot of people are missing out on because they haven't played the game. But I was so, so excited that they announced that there would be a season two and that they were going to, you know, use part two. Like they were going to adapt it. And then it's like, yeah, let's do it. And he's already teased it. He's already gone on his Instagram and teased it. He's a sneaky little minx, is what he is. <laughs> Anyways, I I've done so much talking. What else? What else? I know this episode's really long, but do you guys have any other final thoughts you want to share? I appreciated being surprised, but like I said, not knowing, not having played the game, it was all new to me, and I I appreciated at least in retrospect, being surprised by so many things. Um, the way that the, the, the relationship between Joel and Ellie formed over the course of their journey, over the way that you came to care about people and 
they took that away from you in various ways as Henry and Sam, for example, Tess, um, Tommy and Maria, even though their removal in from the series wasn't permanent, so to speak, you just left them behind. David and his, all of, all of his issues. And there were so many of those, everything they did in this show was, was, you know, different looks at aspects of how people react in the wake of an apocalypse and, you know, being given a glimmer of hope and what does that mean and what becomes of that. I think that they did a, if they, if the game portrayed drawing you in to the story and the relationships a fraction of as much as it did in the TV show, then I, you know, can only envy you for having had that however many years ago when you first came upon The Last of Us, as opposed to those of us who are just getting it now and going, oh, well, this was a game so many years ago. What is it? Let's see what this is about. Oh, my goodness. But it was it was a journey. It was not an easy journey to make, but it was a journey worth taking. Colin? I mean, Robert said it really well. Uh, uh, the show was just phenomenal, uh, every aspect of it. Uh, the way that it stayed so true to the game ap- adaptation was just insane to, to see because we haven't really seen an adaptation that was really, truly like shot for shot and line for line line for line yeah it's it was just incredible to see um how they went about putting everything together so and now that you see a game adaptation can be like that it gives you some hope for some of the future game adaptations it does give you hope but it's it's a really high bar i was gonna say that much higher bar than it has been in the past oh Yeah. yeah Oh yeah, I think we need to do another video game adaptations panel for um, for FanX coming up. There's yeah, there's a lot supposed to be a lot coming. Oh yeah, and we because we had and one we, and we can roast Liam Hemsworth. Oh my gosh, because <laughs> yeah, we had one last FanX convention and we just pooped on Tom Holland and Uncharted pretty much the whole time, but now we can praise, we can have something a little bit more positive to to talk about and that is the the last of us adaptation and and maybe others that are going to be coming out in the meantime i don't i don't Super know mario brothers schedule. anybody yes <laughs> mario my son is so excited for that movie so is my daughter he's literally been been asking every like couple weeks can we go see mario now but no bud it's it's not out it's yet not out he's, yet. How he's, movies work. he's four so he doesn't even understand time <laughs> he's just like but well, what about now? <laughs> He's so cute. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay, you guys. Well, thanks for sticking with us for a couple of longer episodes. I hope it wasn't too um, awful to hear us just talk and talk and talk about this awesome TV show. Or maybe it was great and you loved us. And we have other episodes coming out with other topics. We do all sorts of pop culture and geek related things. Um, if you guys have like any topics that you want us to talk about or cover, um, you can let us know by reaching out to us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Age of Geek. And we also have a Discord that you can join. 
Um, for those listening, it's discord.ageofgeek.com. Or if you're watching the video, it's scrolling along the bottom of the you screen You forgot right to now. put the HTTPS colon backslash backslash discord.ageofgeek.com. You'll still get there the other way. <laughs> I've tried it. I've tested it. <laughs> but yes, thank you guys for listening. And thanks for having this awesome chat. I'm, I'm so excited that we that we got to talk so much about this show. Oh, so great. So great. So yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Bye. Don't get invited. See you later. The fungus Bye. among us. The fungus among us. Too, too fast. Too or too, too fungi, fun guys. Too, too furious. furious. <laughs> so bad. <laughs>